Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Well, hey there, everybody. Happy March. If I sound a little under the weather, I have had that dang cough whatever it is, it's been going around. I've had it for three weeks and I know I'm not alone. It's like a mixture of like allergies and then the season's changing. So hopefully my voice is not too off for you all. I know we missed last week's episode. My sweet nanny did pass away last week. Um, and it was, it was about a 10 day process and it was definitely the most profound 10 days of my life. It was, it was a heartbreaking experience. It was a loving experience. It was beautiful. It was sad. Um, I'm, I think once I get my thoughts together, I'll do another episode on, um, kids and grief, because I think that that will be useful. I mean, at some point in our life, our kids are going to experience a loved one passing away. And one thing I did learn in the process is how wrong we do death in America. I know we have some international listeners and maybe in your country, um, death is is celebrated and it's beautiful and it's it's full of love and not fear. And that was something that I really realized through the whole process was just, I wish, I wish we did death better in America. Um, and I'll go into more detail when I make that episode. I have lots of thoughts from my experience, but Needless to say, thank you so much for all of the support and the loving comments on Facebook. I know I kind of just took the week off. Um, I'm still kind of in zombie mode, if I can be honest. It's it's really, it's a weird feeling to have cared for someone for 16 months to be a, a caregiver. And if you've ever been a caregiver for, some, for someone, I know you can relate to this, but to have 16 months of your life just kind of on hold and this is what you do it kind of becomes a little bit part of your identity. And so then it's gone and you're, you know, there's grief and you're helping other people through grief and then trying to formulate your own feelings. It's, it's, it's been weird. And so I've had a few friends reach out to me who are older that have, have experienced a a parent passing and they just said, you know, take your time. No one can tell you when is the right time to get back into your groove. So I'm just really taking things slow. I mean, I feel like my body, I keep telling people, like, I feel like I've been hit by a Mack truck and I just haven't recovered. Like my energy is super low. And also probably since I've been a little under the weather, that probably doesn't help things. But um, anyway, so that's the update. So that's why we didn't have an episode last week. But um, I'm really excited about today's episode. This is one that I've been wanting to record for a while. Um, and so at about four o'clock in the morning, a couple of weeks ago, I actually wrote the the notes for this episode. And so let's go ahead and, and dive right in. And before I do, I wanted to remind you, if you're not part of our Facebook group, um, come join us there. It's a fun, it's a fun place. It's pretty much all, I, it's the only thing I do on Facebook. <laughs> We're also on Facebook, but um, it's called the Homeschool Edit is our group. And um, our homeschool group is doing a read aloud challenge for the 2023 year. And so we wrapped up, um, month one, I'm not even remembering what book that was, this is how dead my brain is right now. Month two is The Secret Garden. Um, and month three, now we're on Indian in the Cupboard. And full transparency, uh, we did not finish The Secret Garden last month. We got about halfway through it and then Nanny took a turn and that kind of paused. Um, and I have not picked up Indian in the Cupboard yet. So we're going to be going on a road trip here in a couple of weeks. So I think I'm going to go ahead and 
use an audible credit and we'll listen to it on the road trip. And then um, Anne of Green Gables is next month for April. So we'll, we'll hop back on into our routine. We are taking the month of March off. I did decide to do that um, just because we do homeschool year round. And I had to remind myself that I, I have planned for this. Like I knew this was going to happen. And so that was one of the reasons why we've been homeschooling year round so that when it did, we could take the time that we needed to heal as a family. And so y'all know I'm a big advocate for homeschooling year round. I know it's not for everybody, um, but this is a prime example of where I'm very thankful that in the month of March, I can say we're going to take a break. We have co-op, we have fun projects we're working on, but we're taking a break from, from the textbooks. Okay, so let's hop in. Today, I wanted to talk about how to create a unit study, like basically taking a spark of interest from your child and how do you give it legs? So what I mean by that is if you've ever watched your child, there there has to have been a time where you see a spark of interest. Like maybe you happen to be watching, you know, Planet Earth and it's an episode on sharks and you just see your little boy like light up like he's never lit up before. So I'll give you some examples in our household. So um, I remember the fir- very first one probably was Lincoln. He picked up rocks everywhere, like ugly rocks from our yard, like not even anything cool, but he was obsessed with rocks. Um, I wish I would have like kept a jar of how many rocks I had to pull from our washing machine or our dryer. We would, we would hear that thud, 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 thud noise um, because he would always have rocks in his pockets. And so that was one of the very first unit studies where it was supposed to be like a 12 week thing. And it turned into a five-year thing. (laughs) And, um, he still loves rocks to this day. He has a whole wall. I found one of those really cool, um, printers drawers. They're like, they have all these little cubbies in them. And so he displays all of his rocks in his room and he's got some really cool ones. And we kind of make it fun whenever mom goes on a business trip, I try to hit up a rock store and get him something from that area. So he has some really cool, cool things in his collection. So we started with that. And then, um, This past year, some of you may remember, we had started um, something called Musician of the Week, where because our family loves music, and it's funny because in our in our household, (laughs) music skipped my husband and myself. So my mom was very musical. My aunt actually had um, a record deal with Debbie Boone. Um, Cody's mom, she's very musical. She plays like three instruments. His sister sings beautifully. She plays guitar. My cousin. Um, plays piano. He can play the spoons. He can play the bongo and the banjo. (laughs) So, but then there's Cody and I, and you don't want us to sing. You hope that you're not sitting in front of us at church. Um, We just, we weren't gifted in that. (laughs) So I have had to work really hard to incorporate music into our house because my kids are very musical. So it started as musician of the week, we had done Adele and we had done Elvis and the kids became obsessed. They're obsessed with Adele. I just need Adele to lower her ticket prices. <laughs> Can't justify that homeschool <laughs> expense of like a $2,000 ticket, but um, Elvis is one that we stuck with. And so Elvis has become really big in our household. Um, and then snakes was another one. I remember we went on this rabbit trail of snakes. I'm terrified of snakes living in the country with a lot of snakes. So that made it very exciting. And, um, I remember it got so bad that I found myself ordering a six foot snake online that we dissected on a picnic table and <laughs> the things we do for our kids. Um, and then there was another time we went like deep dive into history and to this day, like my kids love things to have to do with history. Um, muscle cars was another one. 
fashion for Kennedy. We went down a long fashion. So she knows like all the designers and um, we had a lot of fun with that. And then foreign countries too. They love learning about other countries. So we've been down a lot of, I call them rabbit trails. Um, And so I want to talk to you today about how to take that spark and how to literally turn it into a a well-rounded education that covers probably more things than you realize it could cover in your homeschool. So for today, the two examples that I wanted to give you were two that I actually just kind of mapped out for my family. And that was um, North American Birds and Elvis Presley. (laughs) um, And and I love the Elvis one because I want to show you like (laughs) how random you can be. I mean, so if you're sitting here and you're like, well, my kid just likes Avengers, like you can make a unit study out of that. And I will show you how. So um, as random or wild, you're going to probably be surprised by what I was able to fit into just using Elvis Presley as the topic. So how did birds come about? Uh, it, my littlest, Reagan, she is obsessed. We're right at that time of the season when the birds are starting to just fill up our backyard. We live in a wonderful place for bird viewing. And so they're starting to build their nests and come into the backyard. And every single time a bird enters our backyard, she squeals. Like you would think the ice cream truck came. She gets so excited and she's learning that she can't like rush out to them because they'll fly away. So she'll press her little face to the window and she's just in awe. And so that was a perfect example where I thought, okay, we need to do a North North American bird study because this girl loves some birds. So I want you to imagine that you have like a piece of paper and you could, and you can literally do this too, like take a piece of paper and write your thing, write the little spark of interest in the middle. And then basically your job is to give it legs. And I'm going to share with you how I'm giving these two things legs. So I would take a piece of paper and write North American birds in the middle, and then another piece of paper and write Elvis Presley. And then I'm going to go through and I'm going to ask myself some questions. The first question that I'm going to ask is, is there a curriculum that supports this? Because if someone has already done the work, you better believe I'm going to purchase it. So for example, the good and the beautiful has a North American bird study. I like it. Um, It has little like workbooks that go with it, but that's just like a good guideline for me. I love a good 12 to 13 week unit study and they fit that mold, which is perfect for me. Of course, there isn't an Elvis Presley curriculum. I did look (laughs) there's like worksheets or little like busy booklets you could make, but not anything like great. Um, but what I did do is I kind of went a little bit off the rabbit trail and I did purchase the beautiful feet history of classical music curriculum. If you're not familiar with beautiful feet, they're one of my favorite curriculum manufacturers, publishers. Um, they really promote living books. So what they do is they have like a guidebook And then they have all the books that you can get. You can buy from them. I usually buy the books secondhand because it's a little bit cheaper. Um, So like, for example, the Beautiful Feet History of Classical Music, I think for the whole kit with all the books and everything, it was like $270. I went ahead and just bought the book, which was like $19. And then I thrifted all the other books and then also utilized the library for the ones that I didn't want to have in our home library permanently. Um, And so that's how I'm kind of transitioning him. And we're just kind of incorporating more music just because there isn't a formal Elvis study. Okay. So what books do I pick? So books are a really big part of my unit study. I love living books. I love learning through literature. Um, And so there's a couple of things you can do. You can go to Pinterest for really good book lists. So like you could type in um, North American birds. I, I ran across a Charlotte Mason bird book list. Like there's so many resources on Pinterest. So check that out. Um, also I have to be really careful what comes into my house because like 
after 2019, for whatever reason, a lot of books have just become trash, if I can just be honest. And so I utilize on Facebook, there's a group called Book Reviews for Christian Families. So if there's a book that I'm not sure on, I will use the search bar and chances are someone has put that in there. I also will utilize the one-star reviews on Amazon. This is another little hack of mine. Um, If there's like a series that I want to get my children and I haven't heard of it and I'm not sure and I don't have the time to read it, I'll look at the one-star reviews because chances are some mom has found something and she'll put it on there and that will alert me, which is good. Um, So that's kind of what I do. And then so I will use the library. I also want to make sure that you know, because I didn't know until I homeschooled, that your library most likely has something called a consortium. So for us, we live in a smaller rural town. So our library is really small. It's really small. So it's very common that they won't have the book that I need. But they do have something called the consortium where they work with like 20 other libraries in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I can put a request online. It's almost like shopping on Amazon. I'll put it in there. And it might take 10 days, but they'll send those books to my library for me to borrow. And then also remember that every single library has something called WorldCat. So if it's a really random book and your library does not have it, nor any of the local ones, they can get it through WorldCat. So I remember last year, my husband, um, he needed a book and it was a, it was for his school that he was doing and it was going to cost like $300. And he's like, why don't you just check and see if they can get it? And the library was because it was part of WorldCat, it took like a month to get here, um, but he was able to borrow it for six months. And so it is a little bit longer of a borrowing time and it is a bigger resource. So you can ask your library about that. Now, have you ever said something and then you go like five years past and you're like, I'm going to retract that. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do now. Um, years ago, I jumped on the Marie Kondo um, bandwagon. And if you don't know Marie Kondo, she was the one that wrote the book, The Joy, is it The Joy of Tidying Up, The Art of Tidying Up, whatever. Um, Recently, an article was published uh, that she has kind of given up on tidying up because she has children now. And she was quoted to say, my home is is messy. (laughs) So she has given up on tidying up, which I think is hysterical. But um, her methods are really awesome. I still roll my clothes. Like she taught how to like fold shirts and then you roll them so you can see them all. I use little boxes to organize everything. I love it. Um, But one of the things that she is adamant about is getting rid of all of your books. And so I remember purging all of my books. And I really, now that I have kids, so those are like all my adult books, but now that I have kids, I don't purge my books. And here's why. Some of them I do, but I save the really, really good ones. Because what I have found is as the years go by, literature is just, what's even the word? It's dwindling. It's, it's just not good. It's not good. Like you don't have those great classics. And so I decided a couple months ago, like I am going to keep a home library. And one day when we build our house, I told my husband, we're going to have to have a little nook. That's like a library, a little home library. And I wanted to have a secret. Um, I wanted to have an armoire. So I, it's like Narnia (laughs) into it that way. Um, but I want my kids, kids to have access to these books. Like I'm worried that some of this good literature that we're going to lose it and our kids will have access to it. If I can just be honest, like some of you might think like Leah, that's really overreacting, but like, even in our little library, I'm looking at like, we don't have where the red fern grows at our local library, which to me is like classic literature, but we have other books that I'm just like, this is trash. How is this adding value to my child's life. And this is what we have there. Anyway, that's another episode for another day. So I keep really good books. So like there's some DK books because they have beautiful images in them that I like. Um, I love Jan Brett books. 
um, any living book I'll, I'll keep. And a living book is just basically like where you're learning something through a book. Um, Gail Gibbons books, y'all know I love Gail Gibbons books, Magic Treehouse books, Nancy Drew, like things like that. I'm going to keep. There's absolutely books that I trash. Like we're having a garage sale and like there's books I'm going to sell, but I'm not keeping everything. So just the ones that really like, yes, this is a good book. Like my family loves the book, but no elephants. If you've ever invited me to your baby shower, I have bought you, but no elephants. It's our favorite children's book. Um, and so just things like that, I'm just going to keep them and I'm going to keep boxes for my grandkids. And some people are like, that's clutter. And I look at that as no, it's an investment. <laughs> it's investment into my kid's future. Um, so I, I don't mind purchasing some of these books. So like when I'm looking at unit studies, like when I came across North American birds, um, I think it was the Smithsonian has a huge North American bird book and it's beautiful. The images are stunning. And it's just a book that like, it would be like a coffee table book, you know, like I'm going to keep that. And that's something that we'll use. So I went ahead and I purchased it. Um, so some I'll do on the library and then some I'll purchase. I do a lot of thrift books for my book purchases. We also have an awesome used bookstore, um, about 30 minutes away from us. I, I literally will spend, I have to a lot like four hours because it's three stories and it's huge, but I can get wonderful. Like I just got a bunch of Jan Brett books for 25 cents each, which was such a great deal. So I'll go to thrift stores, garage sales, Facebook marketplace. Um, just keep your eye out for those things. And then also I always buy used on Amazon. So make sure when you go to buy a book, look at the used, you'll find it significantly cheaper. Um, so there's just little, you know, hacks that you can do. So I'll also look for, so we'll get like books that have to do with the topic. And then I'll also look for biographies. So for example, obviously there's lots of Elvis biographies, but for birds, like, what do you do with that? So I'm going to look at who is associated with North American birds that made a difference. And so I might look at, this is a new word I learned, famous ornithologist. That's a person who studies birds. I never knew that ornithologist. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that ornithologist is a person who studies birds. So who is a famous ornithologist? Is there a biography about them that's kid-friendly? So I'll look for things like that. Okay, so that's books. So we've done curriculum. We've done books. Okay, so the next thing I'll look at is what games are there. Are there puzzles? Like, is there an Elvis puzzle I could get? Is there an El I found an Elvis trivia game. Um, there's bird bingo, you know, just fun stuff like that. My kids don't have a lot of screen time. So when they do have screen time, it's a huge treat. So we recently just set up like a family PC in our dining room. And so I found a PC game on, um, I think it's like Big Fish Games or something. And it's Hidden Objects, Gates of Graceland. So like, it's like a find and seek, but you're you're going through the rooms in Graceland, which Lincoln will like freak out about that. He'll be so excited. So there's just fun little treats like that that you can incorporate. Is that like highly educational? No, but it's a fun little add-on. Bird bingo, that's fun. Okay, so then um, music. And I want you to notice, like, I'm hitting all the points. Like, I'm literally taking something and saying, like, how can I apply math to this? How can I bring out art in this? What about how can we have physical education with this? Science, history. So I want you to notice that I'm doing that with each topic. Okay, so music. What do birds have to do with music? A lot. <laughs> You know, birds, their their songs are their language. And so you can find a documentary about that. You can actually download on Spotify just hours and hours of different bird sounds. And you can play that as your kids are coloring so they can listen to the bird sounds. You can go outside and close your eyes and listen to the bird sounds. You know, now is the perfect time right now, the season when they're starting to nest and things are happening. You know, I think that's that's a really perfect example. 
um, Elvis Presley, we have a record player. So we went to the the bookstore, they had a record section. I was able to get a couple of Elvis records, which was really fun. And then I got some Elvis Presley sheet music because my son plays the piano. So he's practicing with Elvis Presley music and singing along to it. Okay, so another area that you can focus on is movies and documentaries. So this is where I hit up all the things. So I look on Amazon Prime, I look on Netflix, I look on YouTube, um, I look on you know Disney Plus, like whatever you have. Um, what movies or documentaries are there? So for example, obviously with the birds, there's going to be National Geographic things. I actually found a, it's a National Geographic course on YouTube on how to be a good bird watcher, <laughs> like a 34 minute um, video, you know, accessories also, like we have to have binoculars for bird watching. So we'll get some binoculars, planet earth. Um, I found, so the Elvis Presley movie is a little bit too old for my son, so I'll find some old school, which I did. I found on HBO, it was an Elvis Presley documentary, like a three-part documentary that was appropriate for him. And then also Elvis ha- had a lot of old school movies. So we'll go through like, what is it called? Blue Hawaii and like all the ones that he did. Okay. So then language arts, how do we incorporate language arts? So essays and reports. And this is actually how I got my son initially to do his daily prompt writing. So when I first started homeschooling, we worked like strictly from the curriculum. I was not flexible. And so, you know, he would have a daily writing prompt and it was like pulling teeth. He did not want to do it. And so out of curiosity one day, and this is when we were in our geology obsession, I changed it to questions about rocks. So like I would write down, tell me in one paragraph what you would do if you got stuck in a cave. Tell me in one paragraph the coolest rock you ever found. And lo and behold, the child started writing. <laughs> so if you're sitting here and you're, you have a struggling writer, but they love Spider-Man for Pete's sake, have them write about Spider-Man. You know, it's better than nothing. And so I think sometimes as moms, we get so strong with like, follow the curriculum, follow the curriculum, but follow the passion and like, go, go off of that. I think that's really important. So like, I'll definitely have Lincoln do an essay on Elvis, the life of Elvis Presley. Um, and if you guys have a co-op, let me just sidestep this too. If y'all have a co-op, one of the best classes that our co-op has done, um, for my children, and I taught it, that sounds very not humble. Um, okay. One of the best that we've ever done is, um, a class called the Coop Scoop, and it was a co-op newspaper. And why I love this class is it got our kids writing and you could literally see their writing improve over the year. And they were exciting, excited because it was things that they were excited about. Um, and so Lincoln would write like two page articles, um, on some of his favorite things. And so, you know, you could even have a homeschool newspaper that your family does together if you're not at a co-op, but that might be another thing to look at. So, um, you can also, you know, for your younger kids, like for Reagan, she's working on copy work. So there's websites where you can type in a sentence about birds And then it will have lines below it where they can trace it or they can write it. And you can have copy work. Like you could do bird quotes. You could do Elvis Presley quotes that they do as as their copy work. So, so many different things you can do in the realm of language arts. Okay, so we've covered what curriculum, what books, what games are there, music, movies and documentaries, language arts. Now, what fun stuff is there? So for our North American bird study, I found this company called birdwatchingacademy.com. And it's really cool. And I actually reached out to them because I wanted to see if they would give us a promo code because I was super impressed with what they have. So the promo code, and I'll put it in the show notes, is birdbuck, 
Bird Bucks Spring One for one dollar off your subscription. Bird Bucks Spring One. Um, and so this is a monthly subscription. You can cancel it at any time, but it's a bird watching subscription and they send you like a bird watching checklist. You get a couple patches each month of different birds that you learn about. So you can like make a banner and iron on your bird patches. Um, there's a bird watching tracking sheet. You can hang up in the window and track the birds that you see. There's, um, videos that come along with it and little fact sheets. And then for the older kids, there's bird models that you can build. And, um, it's just really, really well done. And I love it. So we're going to do that subscription box for a couple of months while we're doing the bird watching. And again, if Reagan ends up loving it, like we'll keep going. It's very affordable. And, um, and I love all the thought and the detail that goes into it. It's really fun. This is one of my favorite things to ask is who do I know that loves this? So who do I know that loves Elvis? Okay. So I have one friend, Jade. Jade loves Elvis. In fact, she has an Elvis tattoo on her arm. <laughs> she loves Elvis. Whenever I post something on Facebook about Lincoln and Elvis, she's always the first to comment or love it. Um, so does Jade, you know, was she related to Elvis? No. Does she know him? Did she know him personally? No, but she would absolutely have a, a zoom session with Lincoln and talk about their mutual love of Elvis. And so my goal there is I want my son to be able to communicate effectively and I want him to communicate with people of all ages. So even though Jade is in her thirties and Lincoln is 10, I want him to be able to carry on a conversation. So maybe I'll set up like where he can interview her about why she loves Elvis. And then he can do a paper for me telling me what their, what their similarities were as far as why they love Elvis and new things that he learned about Elvis that he didn't know that he learned from Jade. So, um, and here's the thing, you guys, like I haven't even asked Jade yet, but I know when I reach out to her, she'll be ecstatic to do it. Like Sometimes we worry about bugging people, but when someone is super passionate about something, they love when they get a chance to talk to someone else about what they're passionate about. So don't be afraid to ask. Just don't like, don't be afraid to ask. So like our neighbors, we, they just moved in a couple of years ago. And one of the first things that they built on the back of their property were these like 50 foot tall bird feeders. I've never seen anything like it before, but they have like seven of them. And this lady is a hardcore bird watcher. And so, and her name is Barbie. And so I messaged Barbie and said, hey, Barbie, I'm going to start doing a North American bird study with my kids. Is there any way we could pop over to your house? We're going to do a 13-week study. Could we pop over to your house? And can you walk us through your bird houses and why you do them and what happens and all the things? You guys, Barbie was so excited. She thought I want that she went that she thought that I wanted her to teach my kids the entire 13 weeks. So she was like, oh my gosh, come over. We'll plan the curriculum. I'll help you go through it. And I'd love to do that with your kids. She was so excited. And she's still texting me. She's like, when are you gonna come over? It's probably not the right time yet. Come in two weeks because the whatever, whatever kind of bird is gonna migrate in from wherever. And like she's so excited. So it's a blessing to her. Like she's able to share with my kids something that she is clearly passionate about and excited about. And I think that's really cool. And then what is also cool about that is then your kids like learn the art of writing thank you notes. And then also like serving others. They're going to see firsthand. Wow. Jade took time out of her day to talk to me about Elvis. Wow. Barbie took time out of her life to share with us her love for birds what gifts and talents can I share with the world? And I think that's a really good trait to teach your kids. So um, that's another idea too. And then have them write thank you notes and draw like little pictures and send thank you. Like I promise as much as it blesses your family, it's going to bless that person too. 
So the next thing I asked myself is where can we go? Field trip time, <laughs> you know, what's local to us? So um, there are some things where I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. And so like, for example, when Kendi was doing fashion, I had zero desire to go to LA or New York and do a fashion sh show, like zero desire. But like when Elvis came up, we haven't been to Nashville as a family and that kind of in Memphis. And that kind of fits into our music thing that my kids have going for them. And so my husband and I were like, yeah, this would be a good, this would be a good trip. And so I really want to encourage you when you're doing family vacations, please have a homeschool like perception. Like even if you go to Hawaii, there's so many educational things to do while you're in Hawaii. Wherever you go, there's museums. You can learn about the culture. You can learn about the heritage. Like, don't miss those opportunities when you go places. So, in a couple of weeks, my grandpa wanted to go to Fredericksburg. It's like a German town in Texas. And so, one of the first things that I did was like look at, you know, what part of Texas history is in that area that we could go visit and we could go see while we're down there. I don't want to miss any opportunities for my kids to learn. Um, you know, even if you go camping at a, a national park or, or go visit a national park, they have ranger programs that your kids can go do and earn badges and, you know, never miss those opportunities. So, you know, where can we go what's local to us? So like with our bird study, I'm going to look in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Is there an aviary? Is there someone local in my town that owns a parrot that would let us come visit, you know? And this is where like word of mouth is great too. Like I get like, you don't want to have some like random person on Facebook, but you could post on your Facebook, hey friends, does anyone have anyone local that they know that owns a parrot or like, or has a bakery or whatever? And you can go off of there. Like people, people know people, they have connections. Don't be afraid to ask. So, um, you know, for Elvis, Graceland is only seven hours away from us. We're absolutely going to go do Graceland. And then Nashville and Memphis are right there. There's tons of music. And so, um, you know, that's something that, that we can do. And so we realized that you know, Memphis is a big trip and, and we're making that investment to make it a family trip. And so I also looked at like, what else is in Memphis? The civil rights museum is there. That's where Dr. Martin Luther King was shot. And just up the road is Dollywood. <laughs> we're going to go to Dollywood. And I thought we can incorporate that into music too. We haven't had Dolly Parton as musician of the week. And so we'll talk about her influence on country music and also her charitable contributions. She's very well known for how much she's given, given back. Um, and then you know, what else could we do? I started Googling like Elvis in Texas and <laughs> I found out that the Texas Elvis convention is in September in Waco and it just happens to fall on Lincoln's birthday week. So <laughs> the things you never knew you would say, I will be going to an Elvis convention. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to be going to an Elvis convention in September because I love my child. <laughs> oh my word. Um, what we do for our kids, but how fun will that be? He'll be so excited. So, you know, if things aren't local, you also can check out virtual tours on, on YouTube. So like one of the places that we had wanted to go, we're in the middle of Texas history right now, there's a mammoth site in Waco and we just couldn't get out there. And so, um, I went to their website and I was able to do a 3d walkthrough, a 3d walkthrough virtual tour. There's people that make videos, like we've done a walkthrough of the state Capitol so if you can't get there, find these things online. There's so much available. Y'all, we are at the, the best time to homeschool. Like I think about people that homeschooled in the 80s and 90s, like we have so many resources, but so many resources. Okay, so moving along. So what, what could you go to? What's local? 
Okay. So, um, then moving along to art, art and craft, like, can I find some paint tutorials online? I love doing watercolor. So we'll do a lot of watercolor birds. And I don't know if you knew this, but if you have one of those Epson EcoTank printers, you can feed through watercolor paper. I know I said, I just blew some of your minds. You can <laughs> watercolor paper. Um, and so I will print out like coloring pages on watercolor paper and we will watercolor those. Um, you could also make mosaics. Those are really fun to do. And then also like physical products. So we're going to do a bird feeder. We're going to make a family bird feeder. So we host a life group with our church. And so that's one of our projects. I went onto Anna White's website. If you've ever been to Anna White, she, she like takes Pottery Barn and like everything expensive and shows you how to build it yourself. And so if you come to my house, everything that my husband built is from her plans and she gives them away for free. It's amazing. So on there, she has this really cool bird feeder. Um, so our life group in a couple of weeks, we're going to make that as like our family project. So I'm kind of sliding in homeschool to our life group. <laughs> um, and then also cooking. I love to incorporate cooking. I think it's so important that our kids leave our house knowing how to cook and cook well. Um, so I was able to find the Elvis Presley cookbook on Amazon for $2 and 50 cents. So it's like all of his favorite foods. We'll cook our way through Elvis's favorites. <laughs> And then um, we'll make homemade bird seed. I couldn't find like bird recipes because I thought if we could do like some chicken or turkey, but Reagan's kind of sensitive. So if she puts that correlation together, <laughs> so we'll stick with Elvis and making homemade bird seed. Okay. And then PE, physical education, Elvis Presley dance party. <laughs> we're going to swing our hips. Um, and then we'll do nature hikes to go bird watching. And we'll do that with friends, which will be super fun. Now, math is always hard for me. Like, how do I incorporate math with these things? So I think we'll start with, so I think we'll start with bird graphing. So we'll make a graph of all the common birds in our backyard and then graph every time we see them. And then I'll probably have Lincoln do some research on Elvis music statistics. Like what was his number one hit? How much did he make that? How much did he make from it? Um, even down to like how much in gas will it cost us to get to Graceland and what would be the best hotel for us to stay at, like the best value for our family and making a budget. So there's, you could really stretch this, but you can do a lot in those areas. And then history. So, you know, the oldest documented birds, um, what impact did Elvis have on American music? And so you can have this as a discussion. You can Google it. You can YouTube it. So many resources. And then um, science. So the life cycle of a bird, that's pretty simple. Um, and also just science in real life. Like we're going to be able to get on ladders and look at bird nests. And we usually have a bird nest like right up by our house. So we can like last year we saw the baby birds hatching and it was really cool. Um, and in science, I was like, how could I do Elvis Presley in science? Like, <laughs> And I actually, I Googled it, Elvis Presley science. And um, last year, there was a scientist who used Elvis Presley's DNA to genetically engineer Elvis mice hybrids. So they took some of Elvis's hair and genetically created these Elvis mice hybrids. So we'll learn about that, which I don't even know how I feel about, but it will, it's science. So we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. I also like to talk about career fields because this is something that I found was really lacking from my childhood. Like, sure, like, you know, you would have like, what were those like occupation week where it's like, oh, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. But I want my kids to know about like really different and out of the box career fields. And so I'll take the topic like North American birds. What about like 
what do bird trainers do? What about like someone at a zoo that takes care of birds? What about a vet? And so like with Elvis, a musician, a museum curator, like what would it be like to work at Graceland and what do they do? A music historian, what do they do? And then moving along to the Bible, was Elvis Presley a Christian and how did that influence his life? Um, you know, what, what did, what did Elvis say about God? What did he believe? And then what does the Bible say about birds? So we can look up different things about birds in the Bible. So, I mean, you can see I covered it all. (laughs) And I mean, when I, when I dissect it, it can be, it can be overwhelming, but I want you to remember, like I'm breaking this over like 12 to 15 weeks. And so you can take this and you can do, I would say that we work on our unit studies, like two times a week, two to three times a week. I'm going to say, you can also do this with friends. Like if you have friends with a shared passion, Hey, let's get together and do this. And you do half and I'll do half. Like you can do so many creative things. And I would just really encourage you, you know, have that 12 week block, but if you need to go longer, go longer. Like we probably will be on Elvis for a long time, Um, but just go longer if you need to. And if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't even know if my child has a passion, try introducing things to them. Like this is where like getting them with other kids or, you know, like our neighbor was a dairy farmer and taking our kids over there and seeing what he does and just introducing them to new things. You'll see those passions start to spark. And if you're like, Leah, my child's passion is the Avengers. Well then girlfriend, give it legs, like give it legs. How can you give the Avengers legs? Like watch a movie, draw like right Avengers in the circle and then start drawing off like different things that you could incorporate that have to do with Avengers or even Legos. Like you could take Legos and how are Legos made? How do you get a job at Lego? Who was the inventor of Lego and why did he invent Legos? What experiments can you do with Legos? What STEM projects can you do with Legos? Like there's so many different things you can do. Um, Hot Wheels or even like talking to a Lego collector. Like my brother told my son the other day, I had no idea. He's like, dude, you have to save the boxes. My brother's really into Legos. to save the boxes because they're going to be worth a lot of money. So just keep them flat and put them in the attic. I didn't know these things. So now Lincoln saving the boxes. So you know, Hot Wheels, like you could take Hot Wheels and make it into a unit study. Chickens. I have a friend whose daughter's super into chickens. And like, she came in with like these like diagrams of the vent, the chicken vent and what the egg looks like when it's coming out. (laughs) She's so obsessed with her chickens, but that's a, that's a great example. And then like sharks, you could do like, you know, who was a famous shark researcher? Um, you know, how, um, are sharks going extinct? You know, what's the world's most dangerous shark? Like you can ask so many questions and it just stems from curiosity. And the last thing that I'll say about unit studies that I love so much is that it does ignite a love of learning and it encourages your kids to ask questions. And I think having that spark of curiosity and having passion led learning makes learning fun. And I think sometimes it can get really mundane to do the math curriculum, the language arts curriculum. And while those things are important, right, it's also important that learning is fun because we don't want school to just stop at 12th grade. Like I want my kids as as adults to love to learn. So as we go into the spring, I want to encourage you to take that spark, take that passion and give it life.